Coming from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Welcome back to the show. We are honored to have our Legal Professional of the Year, Philip A. Greenberg from New York City, New York, an amazing attorney with many years of experience and here joining us once again live today on the show. Thank you for making the time for us as always. How are you? Sure. I'm good. Um, no amazing attorney. I'm actually having to do it. So, you know, things going on, getting ready for a big divorce trial. Uh, and just so your listeners know, uh, I don't just do divorce work, so I'm also in the middle of condominium litigation, uh, multiple condominium litigation, and uh, corporate stuff and whatever. But yeah, good. How's by you, Jill? I'm doing all right. Just trying to heal from this double groin hernia surgery. I've been been better, but uh, God bless. I'm yeah, okay. Cool. My boys are healthy. I know you're good, doing well. Your wife's well, so we're in good health here. Prayers to everyone over in in Israel and what's happening there. So yeah. you know, we have you. you know, it's you got to put everything into perspective. How we complain about pain, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, I have actually. I have a lot, a lot of cousins there. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and and all my uh, kid cousins, boys and girls, over the last decades have had you know served in the army, so uh, in the Israeli army. So uh, as far as we know, everyone is is okay. I'm glad. I'm hope, hope, so hopeful that everyone is. My goodness, such a hard situation. Um, here yeah. in New York, I know this is where you know most of your practice is, but you're, you're helping so many people. What did you want to talk about for today about you as an attorney um, in your practice? Well, you know, I, 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 I'll talk about anything you want me to. Uh, let me just mention before... Uh, I also do practice, see, um, I've been a member of the New York Bar since 1974, and in 1988 I joined the New Jersey Bar, and as a quick segue, um, New Jersey, even though it's extremely physically close to New York, we don't have reciprocity. Do you know what I mean by reciprocity in terms of bar own a membership? No. In other words, I had to take... Yeah, I had to take a bar exam as though I had just gotten out of law school in 1988, which was um, 15 years after I got out of law school, um, because even though I had been and still am a member in good standing in the New York bar, um, because of their concern about uh, competition from... Um, New York and also from Pennsylvania, especially Philadelphia, makes you take a bar exam and uh, in order, you know, and and all the other stuff in order to stay in good standing. So, yeah. So at the ripe old age of almost forty, I was uh, spending every weekend studying for a bar a new bar exam, which um, I actually uh, by a tremendous margin. So, anyway. That's it. Practicing New York, New Jersey, admitted to federal courts, admitted to Supreme Court, um, all-round litigator, done hundreds of divorces, um, and other kinds of litigation, especially corporate, and um, I've also done co-op and condo, and just all-round litigation. So that's 
that's what I do. And, um, you know, I'll talk about whatever you want me to talk about. I can talk about my cases. I can talk about why I'm not retired. Yeah, well, first and foremost, tell us why you're not retired. How many years have you been in business? Tell me about your work ethic. This is amazing. And then I would love to hear some yeah. specifics about some uh, uh, cases that you've worked on because you sure. always have great stories. Sure, sure. And unfortunately, they're all true. That's, that's the scary part. Um, so um, I'm, I turned 75 last summer. Um, I've been practicing law over 49 years, fairly, I guess, since, or I guess it's 49 and a half years. And um, I'm not retired because the true reason, which maybe I should say on the air, is I haven't figured out an exit strategy yet. Um, I've got ongoing cases and new cases coming in as recently Yesterday, uh, we're, we're actually, while we're on the phone, we're preparing the retainer papers on a post-divorce. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's just, it, uh, it's recession-proof, it's business cycle-proof. People get divorced in good times, bad, and, and post-divorce. In other words, they're already divorced. And actually, this couple um, is divorced. Since uh, I guess I don't want to be too specific, but uh, they're divorced already 17, 18 years. And now an issue is, has come up, and it's unusual long, long after a divorce that something comes up. Um, so, uh, anyway, that's why I'm not retired. I haven't figured a way out yet. Um, I do admit I, I, would miss, I would miss the excitement. And um, by the grace of God, I still have all my physical and mental faculties, and I have um, good fortune to be able to draw upon almost a half of uh, knowledge and experience. So that's why I'm here. Um, I will tell you this, and the last thing I'll say about retirement, the lack thereof. If my wife won hitting that multi-billion dollar lottery, I would figure a way out of here. I, I will tell you that. But since the chances of winning the lottery are one in eighty million, that's you know that's that's not really a, a viable plan A. Um, my plan B. Um, by the way, I, I'm very happily married, and I'm just like my wife. I'll say I'm stop talking about a subject, and then I keep going. Uh, my plan B is that, have you ever been to Atlantic? Atlantic, repeat, oh, yeah. you broke up. Atla have you ever been to Atlantic City? Yes, of course, Atlantic City, back in yeah. the day. Oh, my goodness, yes. It's been a long yeah. time. Oh, well, you should, you should. I've been there as recently as this past we, spring. I remember so, resorts, and w w which casino, w what hotel do you guys like staying at? Well, um, if I'm staying, I stay at Harris. Because especially now, uh, even though it's it's on the bay, so it's you know I really like to be on the boardwalk. But um, for one thing, a lot of times I have uh, professional things to take care of at actually at Harris, and also since I got a dog, Harris is dog friendly, so to take our baby with us. So. Um, 
that and and it's a, and, and by the way they they spent tens of millions of dollars renovating. This is not an ad for power, as you realize, but they tens of millions of dollars recently renovating. So yes, the the facilities were excellent. Um, but I own condos on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. So when they're not, uh, sometimes my and I and our dog use them. And it's next door to Trop. Trop can, if you remember Trop. Are you still with me, Jill? I remember Trop. That's the one I stayed at. And then I uh, resorts I've stayed at. And oh, the showboat. Is that showboat? Is the showboat gone? That's demolished, right? Uh, showboat is still there. Uh, but it's a hotel now. And the silly reason why it converted from hotel, casino to hotel is that there was something about that because they were taken over by uh, another one, which now basically owns so many of the casinos, they were, as part of, I guess, uh, resolving it with the, um, the regulators so that the same company didn't have too many hotel casinos in Atlantic City. They had it converted to just a hotel. Um, but yeah, they're still there. So what I was going to tell you is my plan B <laughs> for my uh, retirement, my wife hitting lottery, but as I say that, <laughs> um, so my plan B is that um, I would push to cart if you remember the car, uh, uh, people that they roll the carts down the boardwalk, that's been there since long before you and I were born. Anyway, so my plan B is that I would just push the carts down the boardwalk, and that's, mm-hmm. that's how I would generate some retirement income. My wife hates that plan B, by the way. Uh. Um, yeah, especially since we would be living at, at the time. If we did that, I'd be living in a luxury condo. And my wife just feels it'd be a little embarrassing if our neighbors saw me pushing the cart up and down the boardwalk in order to get money to pay the condo charges. So anyway, so that's why I'm not retired. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've uh, I, I do have. Um, if I do live to retirement and uh, I have at least a couple of books in my head of cases that I handled that I'm already mapped out in my, in my head, um, the books and I'll uh, somewhat partly so that it's recognizable to the people involved. Um, in fact, I'll change the ethnic group. I'll change the location from where they're from. It'll be New York cases. Um, uh, so hopefully I'll, I'll, you know, live long enough to do that. Um, and uh, so that's, that's what I plan. So those cases I don't normally talk about because the feeling is, People have to wait until I write the books, and then I'll have to pay to buy the book. Um, I guess in the free reign, maybe I'll talk about one case that I'm not planning to write a book about. Um, although, uh, and by the way, Dr. Boyu, please let me know, and I'll just change the subject. No, I love it. It's good, but, and I want to hear some stories. Oh, you always have great stories of the oh, clients you've no, served and served. So this one is Book Racket, so I can tell you the name of the case. It's Cross versus Cross. 
Um, it uh, was uh, uh, actually after the case was over, my client, who was Christopher Cross, and by the way, this is not Christopher Cross, the singer. This is an actual name was Lashaya Fine Tuch, and um, eventually his name morphed into Christopher Cross before there was a fame named Christopher Cross. Anyway, um, there were a lot of twists and turns in his case, um, and he was living with a woman who changed her name to Regina Cross. Again, this is all men of public record. Um, they had one child together, um, and seeing him about getting married, but since he had already been married and divorced twice, he would, what's the old expression, once, once burned, twice, twice shy? Something like that. So he didn't want to so actually have been married and divorced, but she didn't have any children. He already had children and grandchildren from his second marriage. Um, so anyway, that was an ongoing. And after 18 years of living together, um, he moved out. And uh, she said, well, I'm going to sue you for divorce. And he said, you can't, you can't sue me for not married. So she alleged that they had a common law marriage. Um, are you familiar with common law marriage? By the way, most lawyers aren't either. So no, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, I won't go into the myths of law marriage. I'll just give you the facts and the law. New York abolished common law marriage in 1933, which, believe it or not, I wasn't practicing law then. And um, so you would say, well, the couple always lived in New York, so it, she claimed that they had a common law marriage since they lived in New York, and New York abolished common law marriage in 1933. Um, so I'm glad you were um, So the answer is that, without being too professorial about it, that if you contract a common law marriage in one of the jurisdictions that still has it, New York will recognize it. So in other words, if you are do enough stuff in Pennsylvania, which still had common law marriage, I think it still does. I recently actually taught a course on common law marriage, maybe a year or so ago. Um, and there are still several jurisdictions in the United States because I think D.C. still has it, too. Um, so they spent some time in Pennsylvania and some time in Washington, D.C., which at the time was common law marriage. And what the New York courts have held is that if you have a common law marriage in a state or jurisdiction where it's recognized, and New York will recognize So the trial was whether... In Pennsylvania or D.C., they had contracted a common law marriage, and if so, New York would recognize it, and it would mean that she could take him to the cleaners. Maybe you don't appreciate that, but that, that to give me an idea, and again, Jill, if you want me to change the topic, just let me know, okay? No, not at all. You are awesome. Okay. We're skipping our commercial break. I love talking with you, but just remind us how we uh, can call you and contact you, and we'll continue. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. So uh, I'm at 10 Park Avenue, corner of Park, 
Um, my phone number is 212-279-4550. Um, email address, lawman, L-A-W-M-A-N, 802 at AOL.com. And my website is www.philipagreenberg.com. Phew. So we could go back to that, too. Ah. All right. So here we are. Um, so he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't. Oh, so to give you an idea of how she wanted to take him to the cleaners, mm-hmm. um, this is in the early 1980s. I know this is like before you will, but in the early 1980s, uh, he offered her on day one $300,000. Now, I know 1000 is chump change these days. You probably spend 300000 a year just on your wardrobe. But in the early 1980s, $300,000 was, you know, just it's worth a multiple of what it is now. And remember, he was offering that as a first offer, and she had no marriage. You know, she had no, you know, she, she had no legal marriage with him. So, and her response to the first offer was, quote, that is garbage. I'm going to get every dime you have. So that was an indication the case was not going to get settled. Um, it went on uh, for years, multiple appeals. I was Christopher Cross's fourth lawyer, and here's a little bit of a plug for myself or a negative plug for my. I'm always the last lawyer, Jill. <laughs> One thing that, um, you know, if, if there's any kind of uh, litigation where people change lawyers, multiple times it's divorce for whatever reason that might be a separate show on why people do it as though i really understand but i'm always the last sometimes i shouldn't be the last because the clients with all due respect don't don't deserve to have me continue to life around them like you know live my life through them but somehow i hold on so i was number four and as always i stayed till the end and uh, we had a file. I was against one of the top divorce lawyers in New York at the time, which decades later, he is still one of the top divorce. A five-day trial for a judge now long deceased named Miriam Hall. And at the end of the trial, we submitted briefs, and she issued a decision that the couple was legally married. In other words, I lost the trial. Um, so, you know, what would then follow is she'd, you know, get tons of money and whatever. I appealed, and the appellate division, New York, the most appeals ended the appellate division. The appellate division usually reversed, meaning that I won, completely won the appeal. And the decision that they wrote, they wrote a long decision, and it was the only time I've won a lot of appeals in my time, but it was the only time at a probably out of 50 appeals that I've handled that the appellate division actually lifted pages and pages out of my brief and just put it right into their written. So it was a very um, satisfying win. And um, instead of getting $300,000 or whatever my client would have been willing to increase his offer to, as my kid brother would say, she didn't get nothing. So, 
Um, and then afterwards, my client, who had already written a full book, he was, by the way, he, he came to this country at two years old from Poland and with zero money, and, you know, he, he built his own little, a small empire, not a big empire, um, in advertising. So he had, I don't remember whether it was three of books that he had written and published. Um, and so his initial idea was that we would write a book together about the, um, you know, about his case. Uh, that's fine, but Tom, when it goes and becomes a movie, Tom Selleck had to play me. He didn't really like that idea. And then when, you know, we really started drilling down, he said it was too depressing because he had gone for years. You know, he lived with us for 18 years. The litigation lasted for years and years. And um, he said it was just too depressing to go back to it. So that book never saw the light of day. But anyway, um, so that's one of my... Phew. Oh, actually, can I give you a quick footnote to that? Absolutely. Okay. So uh, fast, uh, not really fast forward, to the following year... Uh, let me see if I can remember the movie The Big Chill. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was starring uh, John Hurt. Is okay. that I seen that? Yeah, John Hurt. So, um, and by the way, uh, that movie is one of the most popular that is shown on PBS. They probably show it at least once a year on a Saturday night because it, it. I think won a lot of Academy Awards. Anyway. John Hurt, while he was he, while he was shooting that movie in I think it was South Carolina, but don't hold me to it, which also had common law marriage, and he was living with a woman named Jennings. So the name of the case was Jennings v. Hurt, okay. and uh, this was the year after I won my big appeal in Cross v. Cross. Wow. Uh, so she same deal, you know. She said, you know, he said, well, I'm breaking up. They also had one child together. And breaking up, and you know, I'm suing. You can't divorce me. We're not married, and the case was tried in Manhattan, as was my case, uh, before a judge named uh, Jacqueline Silberman. And here's a little twist, especially for your New York watchers. Um, New York does not have, unlike a lot of Florida and California, does not have live um, on TV movie uh movies trials in fact they don't even have replays of them uh however for a very short time in the late 80s new york on an experiment for about one year was televising trials so they televised the jennings v her trial so new yorkers were watching the jennings v her trial and both the attorneys on both sides were calling me because both sides arguing that the controlling precedent was cross v. cross, and the ones representing Jennings wanted to pick my brain as to how, you know, their case was different and better for her than Cross, and the people representing uh, uh, Hurt called me and uh, to pick my brain about how their case was just like cross v. cross. And when Justin issued her decision uh, ruling that they did not have a common law marriage. The only precedent she cited was my case, Cross v. Cross. So, 
anyway, uh, anyway. that's yeah. So that yeah, that's the kind of stuff you know. Uh, I, I I hate the expression you can't make this stuff up. And and by the way, and that's I'm going to do what my wife going to say. I'm going to stop and then you. But I can just tell you that there were. Uh, I just gave you the short version. Mm-hmm. Of course, because there was a lot of stuff that preceded it. Um, even how he met Regina Cross and his two previous marriages and stuff that happened, uh, marriages and during the relationship that, you know, we probably should have written a book because some of the uh, stuff that had happened in his life that led him up to meeting her and again, the way he met her and, you know, how the relationship developed. Is, is a lot of stuff that if if it were true, I would start, you know, start to doubt it myself, but I actually was living it with him. Got it. Well, we... Anyway, that's why, yeah, that's why they, they make TV movies and books and everything about all aspects of family law, because yeah. it really hits home. Amazing. And don't think plenty of people contact me since then and say, oh, I lived with this guy for 15 years and I mean, up and do we ever come with a marriage? <laughs> uh, you know. So, yeah. And I get on both sides. You know, on both. And now sometimes I get calls like that from gay couples. Yeah. Wow. So, well, we got to yeah. thank you so much for being here, for joining us. Sure. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Yes. Could you share all forms of contact? Sure. So again, 212 Two seven nine forty five fifty. I'd love to hear from you. Email address lawman l a w m a n at aol.com at aol.com. Sorry about that. And my website is www.philipagreenberg.com. And I would love to hear from your listeners, especially as uh, what they if they enjoyed it and if they learned something and what they would like to talk about in the future and stuff like that. And then, of course, if they want a good divorce lawyer with all due modesty, here I am for them. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Send my love to your wife. Enjoy your day. Good luck at work and enjoy the beautiful fall weather in New York. We'll talk next week, Philip. Thank you again. The best. Thank you. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. And what do people normally wear? Clothes. Exactly. So now Mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Clothes keep us warm, they look good, and if we go out without them, the neighbors will talk. So it's important to know how to get dressed. Here's how it's done. Underwear always comes first, name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. If you're wearing a tie, it goes over, round, round, through, and pull tight. Tuck your shirt into your pants and zip up your flap. Socks go in first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you left with bunny ears. I love bunnies. Good to know. Now remember, spots don't go with stripes, socks don't go with sandals, and if you've tucked in your shirt, wear a belt. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. 
A message from the Partnership for Healthy Miles, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council.